3: Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Pancake. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake. I am one of your hosts,
2: Reza Aslan, and I am the other one of your hosts, Rain Wilson. Hi Reza.
3: Hey Rain, I-, I got a question for you. Did you yeah, ever think when you were young, you know, a young impressionable kid growing up, in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Did you ever think that one day you would be doing a podcast about existential questions with Reza Aslan? I mean, did did that dream ever occur
2: to you? (laughs) (laughs) My dream came true. (laughs) I'm doing a podcast about life's biggest philosophical, spiritual, and psychological questions with Reza Aslan. Be Reza Aslan. I mean, this is the pinnacle of your journey. Truth be told, you're on something with this question because from the get-go... I always wanted to be an actor. I don't know why, it was just in my DNA. Literally, my mom had been an actor. Uh, but I had I just wanted to act more than anything in the world, but I also wanted to dig into life's biggest possible questions more than anything in the world. I always loved um deep conversations. I always loved Pondering like what happens when we die, and trying to imagine what infinity was, mm-hmm. you know, th- wondering if I had free will, um, wondering like how and why emotions worked the way they did, just kind of like what makes human beings tick. Why do we do what we do? Where are we headed as a species, et cetera? The list goes on and on. So the fact that I was able to kind of transition my acting life of being like, uh, which ended up being kind of this silly sitcom actor. And I was able to transition that into Soul Pancake. Here it is. Those of you just listening, I'm showing off my Soul Pancake (laughs) Um, t-shirt. To dig into life's biggest possible questions and end up, I'm currently writing a book about spirituality and uh, having these conversations with you and the, caliber of the guests that we've had. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It it really is a a dream come true. And, um, it's kind of like Joseph Campbell says, follow your bliss. It was kind of like, I got to follow a double bliss because my, my true bliss is, um, is really, uh, digging into life's biggest and most perplexing questions and having, um, Elevated distinctive inspiring conversations about the human experience so um it's, it's been, like you it's took been a, quite a, a very circuitous route yeah that's just that's not this place. place it's not point a to point B to go like go do a do, go do a sitcom where you play a weird paper salesman and this will allow you then to meet with Oprah and uh <laughs> start a, uh, a, a digital media company and, and a podcast that deals with life's biggest questions. Um, it's not the normal route. You have searched the world for other comedians. You won't find many that went on this same path. But I would say for you, too, you know, there's aspects of your story, uh, your journey that are just so kind of inspiring and kind of, frankly, puzzling and weird. <laughs> <laughs> that you have two master's degrees a phd you studied creative writing you studied theology you studied sociology um and uh you know a religious scholar like this transition for you how did how did this work how did you come to be having these discussions with me and and the same discussions you've had on various shows on cable tv and other podcasts uh, vis-a-vis going to divinity school. (laughs) Well, I mean,
3: it's weird, but like, this was the plan all along, (laughs) you know, uh, all my life. This is kind of what I wanted to do. Like if you had asked me, you know, at the age of 13, what do you want to do with your life? I would have said public intellectual, which is absurd, obviously. (laughs) Right, and especially
2: public intellectual. Isn't that like Socrates? He was just a guy who gets paid to think out loud. (laughs) Like that was like, is
3: that a job? I'm I'm sure that's a. It was a job in the Victorian era.
2: Did you make a dream uh, a dream board with that? A guy who gets paid to think out loud? Like, how does that? I just don't well, understand look, I guess the process, the, the path. I
3: think the truth is, is I probably so did had So
2: Im- you had immigrant parents. Right. They thought it, you've, you've talked about this before. They thought it was just absurd that you want to be a writer. Yes. Val you want to be a writer? You can, you be <laughs> writing on the side
3: while you are a doctor. Well, that's kind of exactly what my mom sounds like. Uh, it, it was, it was more like, I, look, did I even know what the phrase "public intellectual" meant at thirteen? Probably not. But I knew I wanted to be a writer. I knew I wanted to be a famous writer. I didn't want to just like, you know, write for myself. I knew that I wanted to be in the public. I knew that I wanted to talk about big ideas and like, you know, it's just like that's what I wanted to do. and I wanted to do it in an accessible way. I wanted to be, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be, you know, on radio. And, and yes, you're right. Look, I had immigrant parents and, you know, you you can't explain stuff like that to, to, you know, parents who gave up everything in order to come to this country so that you could have a better life. Uh, I've told this story before that when I told my mom that I wanted to be a writer, she said, who's stopping you from writing? Like, (laughs) like, write, you can write. Nobody is, you go be a doctor and then you write. And and I was like, no, 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 I want to be a writer. Like, I want that to be a job, my job. And she said, that's not a job. That's not a real job. And so, you know, that's how I, I went. I got a degree and I, you know, became an academic because I figured, well, that's that's close as you get to, you know, but even while I was getting my degrees, I was, I was writing novels and I was, you know, trying my hardest to kind of uh, become as, as much of the public conversation as possible. I had like this very clear, you, you brought up Joseph Campbell. That was me. Like I had a bliss and I was Mm. following it. And yes, I, like you went through a bunch of different hoops and, and, you know, some dead ends and some U-turns. Uh, but I can say that today, right now in the year 2021, the year of our Lord. It's 2022 Reza. (laughs) Oh
1: shit.
2: I don't Slight correction. Know what that What is happening? You're where am I? Fucking idiot. Are you serious? The you time got is the a year construct. wrong. Leave me alone. You got the year wrong. You just turned 50. 2022 <laughs> You were 22. born in 1972.
3: Here I am, at oh, 50 wow. years old in 2022, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I have followed my bliss, that I am doing what I was meant to do, what I've always wanted to do. I, I made it. This is where
2: I am. That's amazing I, I feel really truly uh, I feel the same way um I'm a I, I hope that listeners aren't rolling their eyes like, oh these guys are bragging because we're trying to get at something here, you know yes. um I uh this is absolutely incredible i I wake up with such chronic dissatisfaction and I think this is such a normal human kind of um uh, response to the world. I think we survived because we have an anxiety response to the world around us. We have survived as a species because a rustling in the bushes might mean it's a tiger and we need to be worried about rustling in the bushes. And so now we don't have tigers eating us, but we have that anxiety over rustling in various bushes happening all the time. This morning, I needed to order some Dutch doors for an office that's being built. And I'm like, I'm we're never, they're never going to finish the Dutch doors in time um, with the with the, the assembly line delays, this is terrible. I was I was I spent my entire morning in misery over the idea that I had to order these Dutch doors. So, but the but the point is, is that I have to through the tool of gratitude. I wake up in the morning and I have to remind myself this is incredible. Rain, okay, maybe you're not a movie star, but you've had an amazing career. You're a weird looking old dude, and you had an amazing career. People love what you do, and now you get to write books, you get to travel, you get to talk to Reza. Um, So I have to remind myself that I am in my bliss. But these stories of how people got there is so interesting. And I think the guest that we're bringing on today exemplifies this more than any other story I've ever heard. I mean, this guy, Stephen Ho, um, you know, essentially emergency room nurse, uh, turned comedian superstar with tens of millions, hundreds of millions of followers across social media. Uh, And it all has happened so fast. It's all happened in the last two or three years. I can't wait to see what he has to say about this.
3: Yeah. And I think we wanted to have Steven on the program because I think that, you know, what you and I are talking about, what Steven has gone through is what I think a lot of people are dealing with right now. You know what I'm Mm. saying? It's the lot, great resignation, right? It's the great resignation exactly that we hear about all the time. I think a lot of people out there are thinking to themselves, you know, I had a dream and I kind of put that dream away. I had a bliss and I ignored it and, you know, did the thing that I was supposed to do or the thing that I thought would bring me, you know, uh, comfort and stability as opposed to to bliss and happiness. And now I think a lot of those people are looking around and thinking to themselves, Jesus Christ, you know, I think if, you know, now's the time. Am I, if I'm going to make a change, if I'm going to follow my bliss, now's the Mm -hmm. time to do it. And here's this kid, Stephen Ho, who did it. He's an ER technician, uh, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, staring at death every day and realizing that, you know, this isn't, this is not his bliss. So this is our big question
2: for today. How do you follow your bliss? Stephen Ho, working 12 hour shifts in the ER, being a frontline hero in the pandemic, starts uh, making funny videos using his kind of love of comedy and his knowledge of hospitals. And these videos started picking up steam and, uh, started getting noticed by everyone. He's got over 10 million TikTok followers, uh, just millions of subscribers. Just, you know, he's, a, he's one of these new celebrities, the social media stars. Um, and he quit it all, quit quit the uh, the ER game, moved to LA, got an acting agent, continues to do stand-up comedy. Um, it's a pretty inspiring, fascinating story. Let's welcome to the show Stephen Ho, a.k.a. Stevio. Hi, how's it going? How are you guys?
3: Uh so just before you came on, you uh said that this was only the second podcast you've ever done. So I'm assuming that you were living on
0: Mars until just <laughs> what, like a couple of days ago? No, you know, people have been asking me to do podcasts, but I just, you know, I I'm afraid I'm gonna say something. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna go online forever. That like that I can't edit myself. <laughs> so look, we talked a little bit about uh,
3: your journey uh, to you know the place where you are now, but uh, why don't you take us back a little bit? So um, you you were an ER technician. What by the way, what exactly is an ER technician? I, actually, I don't. I, yeah. I realize I don't know what that means.
2: Do you plug in the
0: defibrillator? He's a, that's <laughs> your job. You plug things in. I, no, it's it's no, it's not really a technician. I, I'm, so the EMT is emergency emergency room technician. That's mm. essentially what it was. I was an EMT. So you know, I'd be in the ER. I'd help out. I'd uh, set up uh, procedures for the doctor. I would be on call for CPR. I'd clean out wounds. Um, I'd wrap people up, help them get home. I would do splints, which is to help you know. Put fractured bones back together. It it was an array of things. I was essentially the EMT, but in the ER.
2: Just a quick question: Did you ever see something so
0: gross that it made you puke? Oh, close. There was. I've seen a lot, but there was one thing that made me gag, and it was uh, a homeless guy who came in. He had his leg wrapped in a garbage bag. And I took it off, and it was just flesh-eating maggots that fell all over the place. All right, thanks.
3: Oh! Thank you, everyone. Good night. <laughs> oh. It's great talking
0: to you, Stephen. Oh, the one thing that ever made me go—I've seen—I've seen people's arms that were falling off, like calf muscles that were hanging by like a skin. But the one thing that made me just nearly gag was oh. maggots. Yikes! Oh,
3: I can't believe you left man. that job. What if you could have a career?
1: chumbacasino.com No by Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway,
3: uh, so the thing that I'm curious about before we get to you know uh, your transition is how this came about. Like, I mean, what what made you decide to become an uh, an ER technician? I'm assuming your mom made you.
0: Oh, you're spot on, sir. Dizzy. Yeah, I, was, could was, I could tell. I could tell. You and
3: me. You and me, I could tell.
0: It was one of those situations where like <laughs> I knew I knew what I wanted to do, but you know, my parents, I mean, it's it's just it's such a like a cliche story. My they immigrated from Vietnam in the early 80s, uh-huh. you know? And when you're not from America, getting an American education was like the pinnacle. Was the best thing you could do for your child. So them risking their lives three days and four nights on a boat to wow. get here. Right? Yep. So when they got here, like all they want to do was get a job, <laughs> get build up enough money to put their four kids through university, which they did. And they're like, listen, as long as you get a, a degree, any like viable degree, like science, you're gonna be fine. So stop messing around and go get a science degree and go become like a nurse or a doctor or something, like everybody else in this country, right?
3: But like, this is an old story, right, right? I mean, it's, you don't, it don't have to be yeah. just an immigrant. A lot of people have this yeah, story just, where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you had this dream about something that you wanted to do. And maybe it just seemed impossible. Or maybe you just didn't even know, like, how you go about doing it. Or maybe
0: it's pressure from your
3: family no, for one reason yeah. or another. And so,
0: and that, and that you was, know, and you the, go. And that was the thing. Yeah. like I didn't even know what it was that, like, I wanted. Like, I was, the, the pressure of them telling me to just get to college, get a degree wouldn't even let my mind wander to what it could be, right? I was completely like, I don't want to say brainwashed, because that, that, that's a little mean. They didn't brainwash me. <laughs> but they essentially didn't let me think about anything else, you know?
2: Stephen, uh, something that interests me, so you, you had this dream, um, and it has something to do with comedy. It has something to do with expressing yourself. It's, it's characters and voices and jokes and just this, This longing tugging at your heart. And here you are cleaning out the maggots from a homeless man's (laughs) leg. (laughs) Please stop with that. I'm not going to stop with that. I'm going to reference that about five or 10 more times. Are you kidding me? That's fantastic. I didn't know such a thing was possible. That is really gruesome and kind of exhilarating. But take us through what happened here over the last couple of years, cause it's super interesting. You were a frontline worker. And um, before we kind of get again to your, your transformation and you, you're following your dream, front lines, COVID, you know, 2020, 2021, what was that like?
0: Yeah, man, it was, I mean, it was rough. It, like, I mean, the ER is already a pretty, you know, hectic and stressful place, right? add on a pandemic where everybody thought everybody people thought COVID was radioactive right I mean it's it was a deadly virus don't get me wrong but you know if we had just know, I mean, was like we messed up in trying to like tell people how and what to do right there was a lot of like Things in the media that were scaring people, like the CDC was kind of going back and forth with all these rules. It was just such a shit show. And and and, and what happened was in the ER, we were trying to get everybody to stay at home, right? It's saying just, listen, stay at home, like don't spread yeah. the virus, it's going to be fine. But what started happening was, you know, people started coming to the ER for these little things like say, I don't know if you guys remember back then, it was like, I, I went to the ER because I had a fever, I think I might have COVID, I'd like a COVID test. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not dying. You don't need a ventilator, you're fine. Just stay home, wait for it to pass, instead of coming out and potentially infecting yeah. other people with COVID mm-hmm. and getting COVID coming into the ER, right? It was just this, it was, it was just this thing that was driving everybody crazy. And like, and the, and also on top of that, they're asking they, when they come to the ER. They would ask questions like, "Was this bed used for COVID patients? Do you keep COVID patients in this building?" And it's like, oh, "Yes, like it's a pandemic. We have co- it's all over the place." So that it's prompted a hospital. Yeah. So that prompted me to get on TikTok and be like, "Listen, everybody." <laughs> it was also a way for me to. It was a, it was an artistic outlet for me because before mm-hmm. all that happened, I had a sketch show. I was doing comedy. I I was doing improv, and that all shut down.
2: Right. And I had no artistic outlet and I and then I turned to TikTok. Well, yeah. and that's cause that's what I wanted to ask, Stephen. Like, was it something specific about that COVID time that made you kind of do this transition to comedy on social media, it was some, was it, it was venting. It's cause you couldn't go out to comedy clubs. Yeah. So it just kind of came out sideways into TikTok, And I imagine at the same time, everyone, for the first time, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of this myself. I was like, Oh, frontline workers. Yeah. There's all these people. Wow. In a situation like this, they're putting their lives at risk. They're, they are on the front lines. They're seeing patients and, in ERs, they're working ambulances, even the grocery clerks, like they have to be selling food to people. We can't starve. And I think for a lot of folks that kind of their eyes were open and had a newfound appreciation for a lot of the workforce that, you know, I hadn't really thought of as heroes before. But what was it specifically about that time to make this transition?
0: I mean, you know, everybody was kind of just locked up in their, their apartments, like by themselves, mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's when TikTok really took off because we couldn't go out. So we were on our phones a lot. And TikTok was just the new, like, it was this new app that was booming. And everybody was trying to, like, get on, like, hop onto the trend before, you know, it got away from us, like, you know, every other social media platform or every other app. So I I essentially went on because my friend suggested, hey, like, I know you're bored at home and, like, you got nothing to do. You should make a TikTok. I think it's going to be huge. Like, great. The first three TikToks had nothing to do with COVID. But after I picked up some steam, I started getting a little bit more personable about like, you know, what was exactly what was happening in the ER in my life, right? Um, and yeah, it just took off because at the time people people were hungry for what was they needed. They wanted to know what was going on, right? The news was giving. Yeah. There is, it was the headlines of the news is all like scare, tech, like everything was meant to scare you. And nobody had any idea, right? And I, uh, we were washing our groceries. Remember when we were washing our groceries?
3: Oh
2: my god! I spent so much time <laughs> bleaching down my cartons of eggs. My
0: my sister would leave her groceries outside of her apartment, right? Let the COVID air off of it. I'm like, yeah, let dude, it breathe. Dude, exactly. <laughs> they were like, you remember that? I, you can get COVID from touching the gas station handles. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? All all this stuff that they were saying, and I'm like, that's not that's not true. I'll just stay at home and wash your hands and like you know keep away from each other for a little bit. So you're surrounded
3: by all this confusion, all this death, you know, fear. Everyone is just, you know, nobody knows what the hell is going on. And you start doing these, you know, these little TikTok videos. They're fun. They're funny. They're informative. You know, they start to become uh, popular. Um, And at a certain point now, now you're at that place, right? (laughs) Where it's like, huh, people are actually paying attention. To to me and what I'm doing here, um, I wonder, like, what what was it like to kind of make that decision? That okay, look, this has been my passion all along. This has been my dream all along. I'm I'm removing, you know, uh, maggots from homeless guy's uh, leg because my mom made me to do. I, I you know I was making her happy. It's making mom happy. Uh, but here I am, surrounded by all this death and uncertainty right? so many of us were in that in that situation we're reevaluating our lives, reevaluating the paths and journeys that we've taken, and is that kind of what the 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 feeling was like for you, where it's like, huh, this is not just an opportunity now, but i I'm looking at you know my life and all this death around me, and i'm thinking i, I you know it's time,
0: yeah, no, it was definitely all of that but it was also you know like. I, I've been I was acting before that for like six, seven years, I think. I did a lot of theater. This was I was I've been waiting for this opportunity. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah. I know what's happening here. This is gonna be big. And I have <laughs> to take advantage of this. But on top of that, yeah, it was also like working with the ER being called a hero, right? And it was just like, we're getting killed. Like this is not what yeah. I want to do anymore. You know, I'm not sure if All I ever right. wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah, you're staring death in the face. Yeah. And, and here was this opportunity. It was blowing up. And at one point, like I was getting in trouble with my job, right? They're like, you got to stop making these videos. Like, <laughs> uh, could you go back to saving
3: lives like you're in the hallway making
0: making a <laughs> yeah, vid- video yeah, that's exa- <laughs> like Code Blue? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. They were like, hey, they, like, they somehow found out where you work. The internet mob is insane. They found out where I worked and they're like, so my job was like, you got to start making these videos. So, so I had a choice at, so at right. one point. Either stop making the videos or, you know, stop making the videos, go back to work or like leave the job and make the videos because you can't have both. And at the time, I think I had maybe 2 million Followers across the board, but I just, I just knew this is it. I knew this is like this was something that I was going to be. Look, that's a
3: look, that's a lot of followers, but it's that's a scary decision, isn't it? Like to like you're getting a paycheck. It was because you have health, health insurance. <laughs> yeah, all
0: of that health insurance, paycheck. My mom like, what the fuck are you doing? Free Jello, <laughs> free Jello, free all mm-hmm. the Jello you can yeah. eat. And also, I was applying to nursing school, and if I wanted to get into nursing school, I needed you know the job and the recommendations from my bosses, and nobody's going to accept a guy who's Screaming motherfucker to the world into like uh-huh. a nursing program. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a lot, a lot that went into the decision. But, you know, I just, when you know, you know, I thought this was like my big
2: break, right? So you you were doing comedy before, and then obviously now you're doing comedy after, but where does your, what, are, what is your comedic voice? Where does it come from? Um, there's an immigrant story, and now on TikTok, it's much more about. ERs and the world of ERs, et cetera, and, and nursing and healthcare, but you're branching out from there as well. But how would you define that voice and from where it started, what you went through and where it is now?
0: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing comedy for too long. I think I was a year in and that, you know, the pandemic happened, but a lot of the stories was about like being Vietnamese, living in America, my family, having, you know, the very strict mother but now, anytime I go on stage, everybody knows me as like steve the motherfucker from the ER. So all they want to <laughs> do is hear about, all they want to hear about is our ER stories. ER stories. Yeah, so I've had to write. Which
3: you want to talk about comedy, man. You know, suffering, death, and sickness. That's uh, it's comedy gold.
0: Comedy gold, yeah, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really even know what it is right now. I still think I'm such a young, I'm still young, right? I'm two years in, which if you ask like, any comedian, uh, they would think, they would say that's
2: brand new still. Yeah. So you're two years in where, where do you see this going? Where do you want this to go? What, what is your, your dream? We're talking about finding your bliss, following your bliss. You know, you started down this path. Where does this end up?
0: I want it. I want it all. Like I, I came to LA. I wanted to be you know on TV. Like you, I want to, you know, be like, like, Part of the office
2: like like me or reza we're both on tv which one? Oh no like, i think he's talking like to you the office I, like, i've been on tv a little more i, I, yeah.
0: I, lo- I love the office I'm at, we're actually uh, talking with uh, some people right now we're putting together a pitch deck to make a mockumentary style show like the office but in the er hopefully have that oh nice that and a pilot done by the end of the month so we could pitch it to networks
2: nice oh fantastic good i better be getting a call about that one Stephen. <laughs> Yes,
0: it'll be the first one. <laughs>
2: well, Stephen, okay, so, you know,
3: I, I think this is an issue that, honestly, a lot of our our listeners are confronting right now, you know? Ray and I have talked about, you know, what it was like for us to follow our dreams uh, and, you know, the circuitous route <laughs> that we have taken uh, in kind of, you know, getting to the place where, you know, we always wanted to be. I think you know we talk a lot about the Great Resignation. You know that uh, that people are quitting their jobs, you know, and and pursuing other lines of work, and um, and I think honestly, the pandemic, like in this, you know, as we as you, we were talking about, the pandemic has played a huge role in that. I, mean, I think a lot of people are like you, maybe not literally staring death in the face, but are thinking about death all the time, and and are in that place where, you know, they have the opportunity to possibly take a big jump, quit the job, you know, no more paycheck, no more stability, no more health insurance and everything that goes with it. And to maybe do something crazy that, to follow their dreams, to follow their bliss. What, what kind of advice can you give um, people who are in that place? I mean, you, you're, you're on the other side of it now. Uh, but go back to thinking about how f- scared it mu- you must have been to to make that leap, and uh, like you know, what can you what can you say to people who are in, in a similar situation?
0: Like when I, when I when I was still working as an ER tech, I was up at Stanford for like six years. But I started taking I I, I started taking a theater class and I loved it. And I started doing theater shows, right and and I didn't want to give up my job. because I was scared, right? Giving up the stability. You know, plus, I was like applying to like nursing school. So you know, I was working seven p.m. to seven a.m., going to school from ten to five, right? I was working two to three days a week, going to school. I was a, I was in a theater conservatory because I like I mm-hmm. loved the first class, and so I said I applied for the conservatory. And then I was doing theater at night. But I mean, what I'm saying is like, if you really want to transition out of your out of your day job to like whatever your passion or your bliss is um you know you can have a quick cold turkey and go do it but hopefully you've you've saved up enough to you know mitigate any risks that you're gonna take or you or, or you do it like me where i did it both at the same time and just kind of killed myself luckily i was still in like my mid-20s when i did it i would never dream of doing it now right but i mean if you're god if you want to do it man like but here's the thing too like people these days i, I know like the FOMO is real because there's so many people on social media who are blowing up. And, and a lot of my friends who see it look at it and think, oh, this is easy. I could do this. Because <laughs> right? that's, that's what we make it look like. We make it look like this is just life. We're just filming life. But it's also, like, it's also a lot of hard work. And it's also like a full-time job. So if you're not, if you're not dabbling it already, don't just quit to go do it. Try to mm. maybe ease your way into it. I like I like what you're saying with your advice. Like, you know, I what I honestly what I assumed
3: that you were going to say w- was just do it, follow your bliss, don't worry about it, it'll all work out. And you're like, no, actually, listen, maybe you should make sure. That, see, that's like the immig- you know? that's
0: the immigrant mentality in me exactly. speaking again, right? Like it's, it's the Vietnamese like, mother in you like, being like, are you sure yeah, you're going to be okay? Right, like imagine uh, that, right? If if, oh, <laughs> if only it could be that easy, where you could just quit and do it. And like for some people, they do. They absolutely do. I've seen it work out, but I've also seen so many people who have like, you know, they go, they try and they become bitter. And it's,
2: doesn't it just come down to like what you have to do? It's like what you have to do. Like for me in acting, like I would still be acting if I wasn't getting paid for it. I was, in fact, my wife and I were talking about in the early two thousands before the office, not long before, like, do we move to like, Seattle or Minneapolis and do I just do some theater and maybe start a little theater company and teach acting on the side and take some classes and you know because I just had to do it I had to do it it wasn't a choice it wasn't kind of like well I should set it aside and I could I couldn't do anything else I could not do anything else. I just had to do it. But aren't you saying that the acting bug for you kind of worked in the same way? I mean, you just would have found a way to keep doing it even if you were 47 years old and still doing like Kooky improv at Thursday nights at Lulu's coffee house, Uh, you know, then that's what you would have been doing. So be it after, even after you'd gone to nursing school. Yeah. But you know, it's like, again,
0: like, it's like, but you you have to make that realization. I remember when I made that realization, right? Like I'm going to get paid the 20 bucks an hour for whatever the EMT is doing. And I was going to, I had a sketch show right before the pandemic sketch show that I loved. I was doing comedy. I was getting five minutes and I was forced to bring five people. Right. I was so happy. And I finally thought, oh my god, if this is all it, ever, if this is all it was, for the rest of my life, like this is what I want, right? This is it. This is it. That's it. You're, and then, but yeah. I think like you have to come to that realization that like this might be it, like right? A lot of people go into it thinking like I'm gonna go to LA, and I'm gonna be a fucking huge star next week. You know <laughs> what I mean? No. So like I think I, I think for me, this is what I'm
2: talking about. It's like, not you weren't, you weren't, you didn't do it to pursue fame. You did it because you had to do it. It was part of you and it brought you tremendous joy. So in this idea, the old Joseph Campbell idea of following your bliss, it gave you bliss. Even if you were doing five minutes of comedy, you had to drag five friends there. There were like 17 people in the house. You were like, this is awesome. I could do this for a couple more decades. Let's go. Let's keep." So, that I really admire that about you and your story because the fame thing gets really tricky, and where social media gets uh, a little troubling for me is the fame seekers on the talentless fame seekers. Fortunately, you had talent, you have talent, you became famous. Fortunately, I had some talent, and hey, guess what, Reza? I became a little famous too. You, not so much. Don't worry, you'll get there eventually. I've actually Stick never heard with of you it. until
3: this podcast, right?
2: so Stick, Okay, um, but, um, but so I, that's the path I always tell uh, young artists and actors uh, that I speak to about, like, is, is just find the thing that ignites you and that you just have to do. You know, there's a great quote from the Reverend Harold Thurman that Oprah Winfrey always quotes. It says, um, don't ask what the world needs and do that. Find what makes you come alive and do that because what the world needs are more people who have come alive. And I like that idea. Find what makes you come alive and do that thing. And then guess what? I don't know if it's the mystery of the universe. I don't know if it's just kind of like general psychology. I don't know if it's God and fate and the Holy Spirit. But doors open up when you're doing what you love because you're sharing joy you're making other people joyful. You're providing a service, and your path will become more and more clear. Oh yes, amen, amen. I know. And again, right? Like
0: I, I, I have to believe that, right? I, I did at one point. I, I still do. But like, if we're talking about people who are like me, who are who are in a profession, who are a little older, right, and who now are thinking like, like there's so much death. People are dying. Like, maybe this is not really what I want to do. Like I want to do something else. Right. I think what I'm saying is that like, you know, go, maybe go dabble in it first. If, if you really enjoy it, then yes, you have to take that leap. But a lot of people, like, I think, ah, I I sound so, I sound like a terrible person when I say stuff like this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, you know, like I'm still I'm still so cautious. Even now I'm still so cautious. And uh, I, 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 and I'm still learning to break out of that myself too, right? But I did. At one point, I did take, I did take the leap where I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm done with the ER. You know, I'm done with this. Yeah,
2: I'm done pleasing everybody. I'm gonna go do what I want." Um, and, that was a big, bold leap. Yeah. And I will tell you that early on in my acting career, I saved a guy's life with the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, so. We got that.
3: You could have been an ER technician. Like you could have, I could have
2: totally done it because we were having uh, Alpine burgers at a diner on the Upper West Side. And Alpine burgers means they put Swiss cheese on it. And <laughs> um, we were laughing and laughing. And he was joking and turned bright blue, like Robin's egg blue. Couldn't, like, blue is this shirt. And I just did the old thing and, boom, it flew out of his mouth 30 feet. Was that the first time you've done it or- That was the only first and only time I did it. But uh, um, the dude, uh, I I got a little taste of, yeah, I might, I I might, Reza, I might, I might leave the uh, performing or I might, I might need to go to nursing school. Follow your bliss. I felt,
1: I felt exhilarated.
2: I felt exhilarated removing the Alpine burger from his gullet. (laughs)
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Uh, Stephen Hill, this has been a very enlightening conversation, and you know, and it, and it, like, it's inspiring, you know. And and don't don't worry about the fact that you're still a little bit cautious and <laughs> nervous. <laughs> that's just that's called being the child of immigrants. That's just a normal thing. I'm still I still think that someone's going to knock on my door and take me away. <laughs> I, I'm still like every time there's a do. knock, I'm like, what is that for me? Is it for I me? hope they do. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Rain. Uh but listen, it's you know, I think your your story of of following your passion, following your bliss, and obviously you've had enormous success, is is uh, a real inspiration to a lot of people out there who who are kind of thinking about doing the same thing right
2: now. And um
0: it's possible. I mean, if they're out there, if you're thinking about it. Let me tell you, it's, it's possible. Just you know, there's, there's work to be done, though, so be prepared.
2: Well, listen, um, we brought you on your second podcast ever. If I decide to go on the TikTok, will you, will you pop my TikTok cherry? Hell yeah. Can you say yeah. that? Can you say that?
3: Can we say know. that? I think that's what happens on TikTok. You, you pop cherries instead of follow. Is
0: that how it goes? <laughs> I, 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 we could, we I, could I, pop uh, a cherry on, on your first TikTok video.
2: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is getting... This is getting very confusing. But if I decide to go on TikTok, will you bring me on, show me the ropes and help launch my TikTok career? Yes. Yes, sir. This is not why we brought you on the show, <laughs> by the way. We love your story. We didn't want to capitalize on your TikTok fame. That was my only goal in this conversation. And if I ever need a, an, an epidural, I'll, uh, I know who else to call. Yeah. 911, the
0: hospital. What like what? <laughs> yeah, Stephen's like, not me. Don't call me. <laughs> Done.
3: Yeah, that conversation uh with Stephen Ho, it was enlightening for a lot of reasons. Uh first of all, I love how you know, you can you can take the immigrant kid out of the ER hospital, but you can't ever remove the immigrant kid part. Like he's still like, Hey, make sure, make sure you've
2: got things lined up before you jump. Right, but, even for himself, he's like, "I, I, I better keep things lined up, yeah, like this. just in
3: case." Just in case. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: But you know, one thing that it, that it made me think about, Rain, is uh, you know, we we're talking about how you and I ended up where we are now, and and you know the paths that we have taken, and that we both followed our bliss, and here we are in this in this place. And I, I wonder, just for fun, like, what if you were to do something else right now? What if a, hmm. th- is there like another bliss? Behind your, you know, the bliss that brought you here.
2: A third Uh, bliss. A third bliss. Let's
3: assume there's another.
2: Acting, the kind of writing, talking, thinking Thinking. about philosophical, spiritual, and sociological topics. Third bliss. There is actually, you know, football player, NFL linebacker. Am I right? Well, I have been playing a lot of competitive tennis recently, but I am. Uh, I am a mere uh, uh I am well, people don't know this about but, you are you're but, actually quite a a skillful tennis player I'm I'm mediocrity uh, personified on the tennis court but I'm pretty good I would kick most listeners butts you know That's a challenge um, folks But but truthfully um and I know I played a beat farmer on a television show a long time ago but <laughs> There is part of me that would like to get back to the land. There is part of me that would really enjoy a farm in Oregon and having bees and growing interesting things and working the land and having animals on that land. And um, I I think that... uh, this could be another bliss for me. There is there's a, there's an aspect of me that is I'm very very social. I love being in crowds. I can put on a good show. It really uh, excites me. It enervates me. No, enervates is not the right word. Energizes me. Um, but there's kind of a I've got a, also a hermit side of myself as well. And um, you know I I, I I I'm saying goodbye to my penthouse and going back to my plow basically. I think um, that could be deeply and richly satisfying for me. And if this whole showbiz thing continues to give me headache after massive headache, I might just turn my back on the whole thing and go wow. farm some bees. Farmer Rain, I can I
3: can yeah. see it. I can see it. You sort of kind of look like a farmer, actually.
2: Is is it the beard or what? It's the or is beard, it just the. I'm not yeah. sure. Holiday
3: would be cool about it,
2: but you know. Centuries of farmers in my, in my background, centuries, Norwegian (laughs) farmers going back to the dawn of time. What about you, Reza? Is there, you got a a bliss
3: beyond this bliss? It's tough. It's tough. Cause I I feel like, you know, for better or worse, I kind of single-mindedly been on, like I said earlier, a path that has brought me to this place, which is exactly where I had planned on being and here I am. And so it's hard. It's hard. But if I were to, if I were to really, really think about it, if there's like another bliss that I, I, I've had, but I never really truly followed. See, you're going to laugh. You're going to make fun of me if I tell you. I probably will. Yeah. (laughs) At least you're being honest. I appreciate that. That comes with the
2: territory. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, tell me anyway.
3: I think that maybe I, you know, would have liked to be an actor. Like, you know I, know I know, come on. Come on. Oh,
2: that's Look, rich. I did a
3: lot of I did a lot of like, you know, uh acting when I was younger. I, you know, performed in, in some some theatrical production. Some play? of them serious,
2: you, some of them real. Did you did you play like the the water jug in Beauty and the Beast or something? What what were the <laughs> no? But, parts I was, did you play? but I
3: was but uh, I was was one of the 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 little brown kids in South Pacific uh, for a big <laughs> production of South Pacific. Bally uh, yeah. Uh, we sing the D Tim song. I don't know if any South Pacific fans out there. D Tim la vie est belle? No one, nobody. Anyone? Anyone? No, Anyone? no South Pacific fans? No. No. <clears throat> Could I have been an actor? But here's here's what I will say. I've had I've spent a good deal of time sort of behind the scenes, you know, in the in the entertainment industry. Sure.
2: Yep. And in the producer's chair. Yep. Yeah.
3: Oh man, is it? Oh God, is it hard to be an actor? Oh Jesus Christ, is it hard to Thank be an you. actor? Thank like, you. Wow. I, I, seriously. Well, you know, you're already famous, but I'm talking about like those poor sacks who just go from audition to audition to audition yeah. day after day, just, you know, getting shat upon day after day after day. You know, you finally get you finally get your big break. You get on set and they're like, oh, the lighting isn't good on you. So we're going to get somebody else. And you're like, what? Uh, it's just my heart breaks for actors. So if I were to be honest, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it.
2: Yeah. It was, I don't think you could take the, the, the rejection and the, um, and the, the, the kind of the constant whoring oneself out. Oh, it's so painful. It's I'll never forget driving my beat up tattered Volvo in 2002. Um, I had three auditions in the day. I had one like way out in Burbank, one in like down in like Koreatown and then one in Venice. So I couldn't go home all day. And one was like, I had to wear a suit and look like a business professional. And one was like, I had to be like a homeless guy. And one was, I had to be uh, a doctor and they wanted you to have a doctor. They like said, please bring your own doctor, Bring your own stuff, (laughs) bring your doctor, white lab coat, and i had to go buy a lab coat i spent the entire day in my dilapidated 1984 volvo um you know didn't get any of the jobs of course and it was just it was just soul sucking yeah. um so my heart goes out to all the actors yeah, out forget there forget it forget it it's a tough yeah you you wouldn't. and i and by the way and by the way i have no fantasies about farming because i know how hard that must be. I, can, I mean, I can only imagine. It's, it's great in fantasy. You see Biggest Little Farm. You're like, oh, that's so sweet. But I mean, come on. Plows and moving rocks and fertilizers and like cleaning up pig dung and it's hot and, you, you know, you've got blisters. I, I, I think it's got to be some of the hardest work on the planet.
3: I mean, is it harder than acting? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> folks! <laughs> What about you? Do you have a bliss that's just calling you? Is it in the back of your brain just like beckoning to you saying follow me, stop what you're doing, follow me. Uh or have you done it? I mean did you did was the pandemic the moment in which you realized okay, No more ignoring this siren call. I'm going to go do it. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us all about it. You can find us on social media at Reza Aslan, at Rain Wilson, and on Twitter at Metamilk Podcast, or on Instagram at Metaphysical Milkshake. Let us know about your
2: bliss. And who knows, maybe we will add you as the third host of the podcast <laughs> Metaphysical Milkshake. If your bliss is is being a
3: podcast host, we is might we might make it happen in that direction. Hundreds of dollars per episode. Hundreds. And remember to follow, rate and review Metaphysical Milkshake on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
2: Thank you all my bliss lovers. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan and Colin Thompson. It is produced by Safa Samazadeh Yazd, Harris Lane, Mick DeMaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubel. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. Original music by Jeff Tang.
3: You're not going to tell your parents who survived a four-day boat trip to come here with nothing.
2: I I think I might be a comedian. Yeah. Thanks for no. the
3: sacrifice. I'm gonna go tell jokes.
2: And for $75 a night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the Yup Yuck Yucks Comedy Palace. Not $75 bucks a night? You think I am? Like I'm getting like
0: <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm getting a free drink and maybe like some nachos. Maybe
3: some
1: nachos. Yeah, that's headlining. Sorry, <laughs> forgive me. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club!